Breaker one-liner out there on the interwebs. Get your ears on for the GMB Super Awesome Podcast. My name is Andy Fawcett, and here with me is the hero of the GMB Epic Saga, Dr. Ryan Horst Esquire, Horst, the third yeah. Horst Horst. Uh, over the I next like 30 that. minutes or so, we're going to talk about a variety of super awesome topics that are going to uh, help you get better at you know using your body for things that you need to use it for. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking a little bit about the LSIT and uh, you know why the hell we practice it. Um, but first, Ryan, how you doing? I'm great. You sound super awesome today. I am super awesome. That's the third time. That's the fourth time, actually, you said that today, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, did you not know that I'm like super it. awesome? I like it. You are. You're super awesome, dude. Awesome. Dude. By the way, I um, I have my lacrosse ball, and as as we talk today, I'm uh, rolling it on my on the bottom on the bottom of my feet, and it feels awesome. I just had to share that with you. Doing a little self myofascial release. You betcha, baby. A little SMR while we're podcasting. Yeah, a little there. SMR. Yeah, that's cool. That's Woo. cool. So if I do a little self release my, myself yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Anyway, let's turn the conversation back to you. Yeah. Um, oh so yeah. I like some that. people, some people get the wrong idea about uh, something. I, I just want to kind of clarify. Um, okay. you know, <clears throat> we are a legitimate business with you know we're we what? are incorporated. Oh, I'm uh, And we have uh, you know we that allows us to do some really neat things like uh, securely accept payments over the internet without exposing our customers to uh you know identity theft risk and things like that it it gives us some benefits you know in terms of being legitimate and being able to like pay taxes and and that kind of thing it's really good um you know we're we're actually incorporated in the u.s we're we're not an offshore corporation um uh, one of the things that that means, though, is that in order to have a legitimate business presence, you have to have a legitimate business address. And the very bottom of all of our emails is required by U.S. laws, something called the Can Spam Act, to display that address. And so people get the wrong idea sometimes and think that we are a gym located at that address and that all of us are at this address all the time. I just want to, you know, so that is actually... That is that is an address that I have here. That is that is not the GMB gym address. Uh, we are not all in Hawaii. Only I am in Hawaii. Um, the reason I, I wish say, we could all be there in Hawaii, yeah. but unfortunately, yeah. no, we're not. I know Jarlo would love to live in Hawaii again. Yeah. Amber probably not so much. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. So uh, for the few people over the past couple of weeks who have, who have sent uh, emails asking uh, where we are located in Hawaii or, Ryan, are you still in Hawaii? No, Ryan is not in Hawaii. He's only been in never Hawaii a been. few times. Yeah, uh, I visited, but uh, never yeah. lived there. Uh, so the way it works is that, Ryan, where are you at? I'm in Osaka, Japan, and uh, Jarlo is in Seattle. We've got... Amber and Clayton in Portland, Oregon, and Rachel, who is in Miami. Yes. And then, of course, Andy in Hawaii. So uh, we're all over the place. Yeah, so if if you're listening to us, don't don't think, oh, man, I hope I can get to Hawaii to train with you guys someday. You can train with us anytime, anyplace, man. Uh, Now, if you do come to Hawaii, I'll be glad to meet you. I'll be very happy. I will show you where to get the very best burger on Oahu. 
Oh. And we, we might even train together. That would be fine, too. But, uh, just, you know, we're not all in Hawaii. Don't don't feel like you, you can't hang with us because you're not in Hawaii. Um, another question uh, that I want to uh, ask you, Ryan, that yes. not really that I want to ask you because I, I know the answers you, to all these yeah. things. But that yeah. people seem to want to know because they keep asking, how long have you been coaching people? Oh, my goodness gracious. <clears throat> Well, my first coaching gig was actually when I was in high school. Um, I was on the gymnastics team uh, under Mark Folger at Folger's Gymnastics. And so my part-time job uh, would actually be coaching. I was coaching. Crap, I can't remember exactly. It, it doesn't matter. It was, it was the elementary school boys class. So I don't know. That's what age like seven on. And so I've been coaching ever since I was in high school and just continued to coach since then. I'm 40, almost 41. And so when I was in high school, let's just say I started at seven. Well, let's say 16. I started at 16. Okay. So that's a pretty long time. Um, yeah. A damn long time. And it hasn't, of course, just been gymnastics or stuff like that i also coached um i taught uh once i achieved rank of course you know kendo uh, judo and um other stuff so i've been teaching quite a few different kinds of stuff over the years long time wow yeah yeah teaching is awesome i i i highly enjoy it uh yeah you're, you're old though man holy shit i was just that's crazy yeah my first I was in high school. I remember that because I was helping out. And then I ended up, I remember when I was in, God, when I was at, when I was in college, university at Kansas State University, I got a call and a guy needed a replacement at the local gymnastics place. And they heard about me. So I went in and actually for a little while, top part time. Um, in Manhattan, Kansas. Woo, uh, this big is, time. Yeah. You bet the little apple um, <laughs> before before I headed over to Japan. So, uh, yeah, I've forgotten about that. Brings back some memories. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, cool. That's good. So, today, like I said, we're going to talk about the LSIT. Um, we've done uh, a couple of blog posts, a couple of videos uh, about it. We we include the LSIT. Actually, it's it's in Rings 1. It's in Parallettes 1. Uh, there's kind of a, a bonus uh, for Floor 1 that is about the, the SITs, um, you know, working on the LSIT and then working up to a V-SIT uh, from there. Crap, it's, I forgot about yeah, that. It's yeah, it's in. LSITs are in everything we've done, yeah. actually. <laughs> um, we, we filmed that in Hawaii. That was fun. Yeah, yeah the, the one for Florida. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Keep no, going. that's fine. That's fine. But I mean, so so obviously, LSATs are important. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, but why? Why yeah. they be important? So yeah, that's what I'd like you to to kind of educate us all on because LSATs obviously are important enough to be included in pretty much everything we teach. So why are they so fundamental? Kind of what's what's the the training purpose? What muscle does that work? Is yeah, uh, well, the question actually, that people always only, ask on YouTube. What muscle does this work? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. And the reason that we do LSAT is so we can really hit the abs and gain the definition and the, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, it does work your abs, but it's not just your abs, of course. It's working the entire core. And remember, the entire core includes the hip flexors um, and also includes the back muscles. So the butt. Um, the, the butt. butt. We're going to butt. The butt is part of your core. Yes. And you know what? It also works your legs. This is something that a lot of people unfortunately miss, but a proper L-sit, <laughs> the only way to do an L-sit, I'm just kidding. Our last podcast, we talked about that. Go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it. Um, but there's um, a couple ways you can do the L-sit, but uh, the way that we suggest and why it is important is because it actually teaches full body control and and also... Uh, just like we are talking about earlier, the core. It's extremely important. I look at the core as the bridge between the lower body and the upper body and being able to communicate between the two. Um, that's one reason why I think the L-sit is important, uh, besides just looking cool. Um, but to go deeper into the L-sit, uh, yeah, it looks like it's just strictly a core exercise, but as I mentioned earlier, the legs are involved, and this is extremely important. The One of the biggest reasons that I like to use the L-sit, uh, once you can get to being able to extend your legs, is that it teaches you this full body control. So you're squeezing the legs, you're pointing your toes, you're activating the core, but you're also forced to push away from the ground, put yourself into a compromising position, but work on doing it comfortably. Sounds kind of crazy, but um, being able to hold an L-sit, rolling the shoulders back, pushing down that, um, keeping the scaps pulled down, chest up, gaze forward, activating the core, squeezing the legs is is tough. It's tough shit. Unfortunately, um, not a lot of people can do it. Um, yes, there are a lot of people who can do it, but what I mean is... Um, when you first start off in an L-sit, there's not a lot of people who can do it correct. Well, correctly, meaning um, the way that we that we teach it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Um, right away, and so um, it's not just about you know the abs of of building incredible abs. Yes, it's going to help you and strengthen your abs, but really, it's an overall. Um, I, I hate to see this say this word, but conditioning hold that would teach body control, and uh, once you get it, help with the full body communication. I just want to say that again, that communication. I know it sounds silly, but really, being able to understand what's going on in your body and control different parts of your body at the same time is a very good goal to strive towards. Um, there's not a lot of other movements out there that force you to do that. Really, um, you know, looking at even dips or, or the top position hold in the rings. Yes, you might be squeezing your lower body when you're in the top position, but by pulling your legs up into the L sit when you're in the rings, uh, it just changes just changes everything and forces you to um, work something in a different manner. That's that's going to make you a lot stronger. And I'm just going on and on and on. Yeah, I keep so let's, on this let's forever. Let's kind of maybe be more specific with some of the components of 
a really solid L sit. Let's go from from the bottom up. Like you, so, you're going on about the legs. So, kind of like what what should you be focusing on? Maybe at each kind of like major joint, or you know, from the bottom up to the top. What what's the what's the components of a really great L sit? And maybe how does each component kind of contribute to that that whole body control communication sort of thing? Okay. Yep. Now let's assume that you can do an L sit, and what I mean by that, I like to say what I mean by that is that your legs are straight in front of you and your body's at a 90 degree angle. Okay, if you if you still can't get the L sit, then of course uh, things are gonna be a little bit different. But let's look at this with your legs straight out in front of you, your toes are pointed, and you're flexing, uh, squeezing your legs as tight as possible. So looking at it from the toes, when we point our toes, we're actually activating the back of our legs, so the calf muscles, and then all the way up to the butt. What this is doing is when we have that lockout, it's it's forcing us, it's forcing us to really um, become tighter so that I like to say it's tighter is lighter, but also it's going to make it more difficult. Just because something is, is lighter isn't tighter, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easier. But by pointing our toes, it's going to complete the the communication in our body to let us know that whether or not um, we do have that that tightness. I'm I'm looking for my words in English and they're not coming here. <laughs> um, my God. Okay, so we're pointing our toes and the back of our legs are activated. As we squeeze our legs, we're actually thinking of taking the back of our knees downward. It's not that we're letting our legs fall, but it's that we're extending the legs, extending the legs by pushing the back of our knees down. This activates the quads. This allows us to tighten up. And because we're squeezing our quads tighter, it's going to help with the hip flexors when we hinge at the hips to get into this nice L-sit. So with this hinge at the hips and making sure that we keep our butt under our shoulders in the L-sit, it's really going to force us to squeeze our abs even tighter. It's going to make things look better, and it's obviously going to work our body more so that we can be more efficient, but by squeezing down, we're going to be getting stronger so that our L-sit will become easier as we go. So we've got our legs that are tight. They're squeezed out. Our toes are pointed. Our butt is under our shoulders. Our chest is up. We're trying to bring our chest up and roll the shoulders back. By doing this, it allows us to push harder into whatever we're pushing into. That could be the rings. That could be the parallax. That could be the floor. What this is going to do is help elevate us. The more that we can elevate ourselves, of course, the higher we can get into our L-sit. The higher we can get into our L-sit, the easier it's actually going to be for when we start working into things like the V-sit. Now, in the V-sit, we're going to start working on bringing our butt forward. However, nothing really changes in the fact that we're going to relax somewhere in our body. Our legs are still very, very tight. Our toes are pointed. We have our, we're squeezing with our entire core. And by pushing downward into the ground, it's going to actually help us to bring our legs upward. Our shoulders, as I mentioned before, they're pulled down and back with our chest up, but in no time should we be holding our breath. This, ultimately, we should be able to um, carry on a conversation when we're in the L-sit, even though our entire body is squeezed. So there is a lot of stuff going on in the L-sit. And so when working with the L-sit, it's sometimes good to only focus on just one part. 
So during the day, or let's say you're just starting to work on the LSAT, you finally get to the point where you have the shoulders pulled down, um, you're squeezing the core tightly, and you have your butt underneath your shoulders, but you still don't you're still not able to extend the legs to the front. That's fine. Still working on the tuck. You're still work, yeah, If you're in the tuck position, that still allows you to work on those other components. But once you get to the point where you can't extend your legs, it's then time to go back and look at each component of the L-sit again, the shoulders. What's going on with the shoulders once you extend the legs? Where are your? Where is your butt in relation to your shoulders? Are you pushing down as hard as you can into the parallettes, the rings, or the floor? Are you extending your legs, but when extending your legs, making sure that your butt is not traveling forward? Are you pointing your toes? What are your quads doing? Are they squeezed together? Are you breathing? All these little things um, are something to go back and explore with once you finally get the L-sit and continue to do once you're in the L-sit. So lots of stuff going on in this L-sit. And... By focusing on these things within the LSIT, it's actually going to help you with everything else that you do because it's going to teach that full body communication and you're going to learn more about your body when you're put into particular positions so that you're going to understand what needs to happen in order to make movements better. Yeah, that's really, really good. And I think you made a lot of good points there. Um, so let's just kind of recap some of them because they, they, <laughs> there were a, a lot, lot of them. Um, so definitely... Um, it's not just about, you know, lifting the legs up, obviously. Uh, if you're in the L-sit, if you can do it with your legs, you know, at least somewhat extended, then kind of maybe a mental checklist somebody might go through is, well, obviously, if you're, you're lifting up and your legs are, are up, then obviously your, your abs are contracted. You don't really need to think about that. If you're holding yourself sure. up, the, the abs are probably where they need to be, okay? You don't need to worry too much about that. But you should think about tightening your legs, you know, squeeze the quads or push the knees down or what, whichever image works for you, you know, uh, you know, pointing the toes. You don't want to make it too many, too many steps if you're talking like mental checklist style, right? But yes. just at least good think, point. Very good point. squeeze the legs, squeeze the legs. The legs should feel like, like iron rods. You know, there's no flop anywhere in the leg. Just tighten the legs as much as possible. Okay. The core is probably where it needs to be. Now, from there up, you need to think about your chest. How do you get your chest into position? You want to you want to lift the chest, and the way that works is by kind of rolling the, the the shoulders kind of you know back and in down that scapular retraction and depression. And you can tell if that's right by the angle of your chest. It should be, you know, it should be kind of lifted. In uh, in the states, we we talk about you know the chest being out, but I I don't think, uh, I don't like that. Okay, that's yeah. sort of yeah, it makes I've it feel like you're pushing it out, you know. But yeah. in Japanese, I like it, you know, muneo hate. It's kind of like yeah, haru haru. That's great. You're, yeah. you're, you're lifting and you're you're displaying the chest. It's <laughs> yeah. You and kind of, when I teach in Japanese, yeah. it's something like um, that. I say it's it's sort of like if you're a guy and you walk into a room and um, maybe there's a like a person that you're attracted to. You kind of. You kind of stand up a little taller and bring your chest yeah. up. You know, that's that's what we're talking about. It's not about extending your chest to the point where your back is arched. We don't want that. No, we don't want that at all. So you've got your legs tight. You've got your chest in the right position. And from there, uh, as far as your shoulders all the way down to your hands are concerned, it's just, you know, pressing down. 
And if you really have those three things, and if your legs are in fact lifted, it probably most of your form will kind of fall into line, I believe. If I left anything yes. out? No, no, that's it. And, and very good point you brought up. It's just these three points, okay? And to recap, legs. If your legs aren't burning, you're not squeezing, okay? Yeah. Next thing, shoulders and, and the chest relationship. Yeah, it's the same, and finally, same thing. Same thing. That's it. So that's number two. And then I'd say three. Don't worry too much about the core because it's all. It's going to be. It's going to be um, activated for lack of a better term there uh, when you're doing this. But <clears throat> pushing down, okay. But actually, the third point is is in relation to the shoulders and the chest because when you're pulling the shoulders down to bring your chest up, it's automatically going to force you to push harder into the ground. Yeah. So those three points. That's it. That's really it. Yeah. If your legs aren't burning um, then you're probably not squeezing hard enough for the else yeah and the reason is it's not it's not you know where you have to feel the burn it's that the point of uh, the point of the leg position of the L-sit you know if it were just an ab exercise then really like letting the legs bend would be okay but this is a, a muscle control uh, kind of thing, right? So you're actually, yeah. you know, by you know extending the toes, like you said, that activates the back of the the calf. By then pressing the knee down, that activates the quad, and then you tighten the butt. You're actually working these muscles kind of against where they would normally, you know, if you if you activate the back of the calf, that actually tends to relax the quad a bit. You know, so you're yep, you're yep. forcing your legs by by mental control. You're forcing them the muscles to tighten in a, a counterintuitive way, which what that does is it's it's exercising and developing control over those muscles. So when you're tightening them and you feel that tension, that is kind of the point of the leg position of this exercise, is that you're developing the conscious control over the leg position uh, despite what might naturally be happening there. And to give you uh, a good feel for what needs to happen for the legs, uh, something that you can do is just sit on the ground. Don't even put your hands on the ground. You don't have to worry about that. But bring your chest up. Try and get your body at a 90-degree angle. And then with your legs extended to the front, legs together, toes pointed, just squeeze your legs as hard as you can. And uh, focus on bringing the back of your knees towards the ground. That's going to be a good prep and get you that feel for what you need to have for when you're doing the L-sit. Very cool. Now, let's also mention briefly, you know, so why, what's the difference then between doing the L-sit on, you know, we, we've talked about this in a, another podcast a little bit, but doing the L-sit on, you know, the floor versus the P-bars versus the rings. We talked specifically about the P-bars, I, I think, uh, a few episodes ago. But, what, mm-hmm. you know, why, so we teach this in every program. What, if, you're, if you're not doing a specific program, if you just want to practice the L-sit for your own purposes, you know, why would you choose one form over another? Yeah. Um, you know, from my experience, and I've got a little bit of experience with this, just a little bit, I've found that learning the L-sit on the parallettes in the beginning is actually uh, most beneficial. We talked about this in the last one, and that different reasons, because you're elevated and it allows you to bring your feet up and, and uh, the placement of your wrists. Um, I would go from parallettes parallettes and then actually you can just choose you know go to the floor doing it on floors is going to be very different uh simply because you're going to be closer to the floor and um 
you don't have that elevation, so it's going to be harder. But you can play around with the different hand positions. So let's say that you start with your fingers out to the side, facing outward. Your hands are close to your butt, and you're pushing down to the floor. This is actually going to be similar to the parallettes, just because of the way the wrist is when you're holding the parallettes. Then what you could do is you could work on turning your fingers forward. Uh, this is going to change the position of your arm. And when performing this, just remember to try and keep your elbow pit facing forward. Um, it's not going to be very comfortable in the beginning if this is the first time trying it. But once you get that, then you can move up to the rings. Uh, the rings are going to be a whole different ball game because, of course, you're going to be forced to not only push down into the rings, but also keep the rings in close to your side by pulling your arm closer to your hips. So um, that's going to strengthen your L-sit as well as the rest of your body even more. So maybe a good way to progress is start out on the parallettes, move to the floor, and then go to the rings. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, you know, L-sits are, are, are great, uh, you know, exercise. Obviously, we, we one of the reasons we use them is because it's a full-body exercise that you can do on, you know, on any apparatus or with no apparatus, you know. So it's kind of portable, you know. You, you can yeah, practice it yeah, no matter like what that. you're doing. And you can you can put it into almost any kind of program because of that. It's, it's very useful for that. And I don't think anyone really gets to the point where L-sits are just too damn easy. I mean, yes, you can get to the point. So you can get to the point where you can do a very nice L sit for you know a minute or more. Uh, but then at that point, by then you know most people are already starting to work towards you know V sits or or higher yeah, yeah. Know, higher level skills, and that's fine. But you know very few people are going to get to the part or to the point where like doing a really nice V sit is just too damn easy for them. You know <laughs> because you know as you do that. You're also you're beginning to you know do transitions you know L sit to handstand or V sit to handstand and stuff like that. You're working on different different other skills that you put it together with. So it's got utility in that you'll really never outgrow it. You'll just make it a component of of you know different flows and different combos, uh, and it will always have value. Uh, for that reason, both as a as a beginning strength building and a muscle control building exercise, and then also as a component of higher level skills that you want to practice uh, for for other reasons. Yeah, there's also of course different variations of the L sit that you can perform. Uh, I like to call them L sit pushes, and you're sitting in the L sit and you extend your hips forward, um, and then bring your hips back into the L sit position. Of course, you can be sitting in an L sit, and you can take your legs from side to side. It's another uh, way you can do them. There's just a lot of other things you can open your legs, straddle, whatnot. Um, once you get the L sit, explore, try and. See what else you can do with the L-sit even before you move on to the V-sit. By exploring with some of these other movements, it's only going to help strengthen uh, the L-sit and that position even better so that you can uh, work towards the V-sit. Maybe One of the hardest bit. things I ever like saw somebody do and then thought, oh, I can do that and tried to do that like humbled me more than like anything in my life. Because uh, I, I, I don't have a great L-sit, but I've got a pretty good L-sit. You know, I saw somebody that I know do an L-sit and then start walking forward on his hands. I'm like, oh, yes. why didn't I that think of that? It looks so simple. Exercise. And I just push up in my L-sit. I, took, I lifted one hand and tried to move it forward. I was like, eh, eh, yes. eh. super yep. hard. Eh, but it's something it's that you can play with day. in practice, yeah. you know. Just the other day I saw a video on a guy. He did a tutorial and um, – 
it was awesome. That is, it wasn't in English. The tour, it wasn't in English, but but I watched it because I was like, oh, that's really good. He was showing how to do a one arm L sit on the ground. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And yes, once you start picking a hand up off the ground uh, while trying to. Uh, remain in the illicit position. Shit changes quick. So <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, cool. that's good. So all right, yeah. So definitely practice the LSIT. Uh If you've got any of our programs, you've got adequate instruction on it. And even if you don't, uh, we've got you know some basic stuff on YouTube that you can check out for free on it. But no matter what you're doing, uh, you know, I recommend you know trying to find some way to include the LSIT in your routine because it's a really great exercise. And like I said, it's something you're never going to outgrow. It will always have value for you to practice. Um, so, yeah, work on it. But remember, you know, it's not just about making the L. There's a lot of things to keep in mind to get the value out of it. So always check your form, kind of go through like a kind of a mental checkoff and make sure that you're doing it right so you get all the uh, all the juice out of it you can. Yeah. We like juice. All right. We like juice. Light. It's got to be juicy. Got to be juicy. Keeping it juicy. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, share it with all your friends. Uh, you know, leave us a note on Facebook or an email or something if you've got anything you'd like us to talk about next time, and uh, we will chat with you soon. All right, see you next time.